Hi, welcome to North of 48. It's May 15th, soon to be May 16th, and we reached a high of 31 degrees Celsius, which is 88 degrees Fahrenheit in May. It's not usual. Um, we're facing wildfires out in the province of Alberta and up in northern BC. In southern BC, they, they've had floods. So there's that. So once sleeping giants, Alberta's wildfires are threatening to show the full extent of their power. As of Monday afternoon, 90 wildfires were burning in forest protection areas across the province, 23 of them out of control. Now the town of Valley View has been asked to, to leave, and it's 1,850 residents, and they're a town in northwestern Alberta. Thousands of people uh, through this wildfire ordeal in the past month have been forced from their homes and wildfire resources have been pushed to the limits. There's dangerous conditions. Winds are, are heavy now and expected to have gusts of up to 50 kilometers per hour, which is 30 miles an hour. And uh, they're going to shift from the southeast to the northwest and that, that may mean that they're going to come into the city. The city itself of Edmonton, I'm talking about, uh, there were four fires on Saturday. There was one on the freeway and then three uh, with houses, so uh, barbecues that uh, weren't properly kept. There's a fire ban now in the province, and that includes open gas, like propane gas for those propane stoves uh, that people bring with them camping. They're like a fireplace. So to date this year, there's been more than 465 wildfires that have burned across Alberta, and they have consumed nearly 532,000 hectares of forest and destroyed hundreds of homes, plus businesses and critical infrastructure. Uh, very little rain in the future, but... Uh, Let's hope we get some soon. We're, we're expected to be in a drought year, and the province of Quebec has some drought um, circles in it too as well. So she's going to be a heck of a year, guys. Heck of a year. just want to give you some housekeeping, some show notes. I uh, interviewed uh, Philip Eitner, who's uh, based out of Ukraine, a former CBS reporter, and he's done work for various other news um outlets and you can hear him on Tom Hartman. We've done an interview with him and I just have some editing to do. Uh, very fascinating. Uh, another show note is if anybody uh, listened to the Residential School podcast, uh, Diane Parent um, has a niece named Charity and her husband Cameron West. They are going to go on a, a walk across Canada to bring awareness to, to, to um, Indigenous women, men, girls, boys are murdered and go missing and media coverage is limited. So they are bringing with them their personal stories of loved ones missing and murdered, and um, I hope you can join us for that. That'll be in the near future. So uh, subscribe if you want, and never miss a, a podcast. I'm sorry I've been uh, busy the last couple of weeks. Um, I've taken a new job, which is going to take me up north for two weeks in, two weeks out. Um, so it's a new adventure, especially at 61. 
we're going to try it. We're going to see what other people uh, who have done it, done this for years do. And, uh, you know, a little trepidation with it, but uh, I think it'll be okay. I turned down a job here in the city, and perhaps I shouldn't have done that, uh, but it was only contract. The one up north is full-time, and it's 61 years of age. I cannot, uh, I can't tell you how uh, difficult or how a person's mind goes at 61, will you ever work again? I've been off. Um, I had a bout of diverticulitis. Now, that's an inflamed colon. I ran into a friend who worked um, for a pipeline company, and he had the same thing, only his was worse. They had to take a section of his intestines and cut it open. He had a bag. He had to wear a bag for a while, uh, I think about nine months. And the doctors and surgeons are still backed up uh, through the COVID phase and the emergencies and the hospitals are still busy. But I have noticed uh, when I researched diverticulitis is that a lot of people have it. And I'm not sure what the cause is. In my case, it might have been too much work at the computer and not moving enough. Um, but it's always been healthy, um, athletic. Used to be anyways. Uh, bones are starting to hurt. I'll tell you, the arthritis in my hands the last couple of days. However, I digress. I've noticed th- there seems to be an, an uptick in the cases. Now, is that because more more people at my age are living longer or just living, I guess? Or has it been from the food? Is it the Roundup in the cornflakes? Is it the chemicals that they put in? I thought we got rid of... Uh, red dye number seven. I'm not sure what it is, but I urge you all to uh, check your gut. I was in the hospital in emergency, supreme pain, and I don't wish it on anybody. And my friend uh, who who, uh, had the section of intestine, they put it back together and uh, he doesn't have the bag anymore. However, if you have this surgery, you can uh, get IBS, irritable bowel syndrome, or develop Crohn's. So again, prevention's the cure. So Alberta's in the middle of provincial elections, which is coming up within a couple of weeks here. So if you're going to vote, vote, vote hard. Um, Danielle Smith, UCP party, United Conservative Party or Ultra Conservative Party, I'm not sure which, and Rachel Notley's NDP. Now, Danielle Smith came up with a Safe Streets action plan that that has got my attention. Uh, She was joined by First Nation elders and recovering addict parents of recovering addicts on a stage in Calgary outlining these plans. She says, far too often addiction crisis has led to social disorder and out-of-control violence. It is the number one job of a government to ensure people are safe when they walk down the street. They shouldn't have to look over their shoulders in their own communities, and I quite agree with that. Uh, We have a number of homeless in this city. If you go downtown, you'll see somebody urinating on a building or uh, heaven forbid defecating like they did in Ottawa. But uh, they're going, they have an act that they've proposed that would allow for a family member, doctor, psychologist, or police officer to make a petition to a specially appointed non-criminal judge to issue a treatment order. Well, I know that these things can be abused. Mm, Caught my attention. And um, the order would require a person to engage in treatment for their addiction and drug use to save their life and protect the safety of the community. Uh, Smith says that a court would be able to divert someone suffering from an addiction who is in imminent danger of causing harm to themselves or others to engage in treatment instead of jail. He says this would be a last resort to save lives. In addition, her plans to address the lack of inpatient support, which the Conservative Party cut the budget and we didn't have enough people or staff for it. Anyways, the lack of inpatient support for mental illness include building five new mental wellness centers, which would provide 375 new inpatient mental health beds. She says that her party, the UCP, would build over 700 new publicly funded treatment beds across 11 new treatment centers called Recovery Community. Four of the recovery communities would be in in four First Nations, 
which are the Kenai, Enoch Creek, Siksikaka, and Tosani Nation. And I've really butchered their, those names, so I apologize whole hard. Um, NDP leader Rachel Notley said Smith's proposal to invest in recovery was good, but adds the plan is flawed. Overall, forced recovery is not successful, Notley told reporters in Calgary. Yeah, you have to have a whole person response and approach. You need to be looking at far broader forms of therapy and support at the front end and a lot more transitional support at the other end. And that's also something I agree with. But I also know there's some people who are in their addictions. In a neighborhood I know, there were tents behind a house they were homeless were were staying in the yard and nice and quiet nobody knew but they were cooking meth in the house and in the city of edmonton uh when you see a can i say a crack house uh the windows get boarded up uh white white plywood goes over it and and you know to stay away because apparently in the cooking of meth um the fumes and get on the wall and stuff and can be quite dangerous we need a we need a plan for the homeless we need a plan for the addicted um looking at the rise in house housing rents across canada this is ridiculous where are people living uh i guess some of the rich of us can live in an rv down by the river danielle smith's view on the um health in the hospitals in this province is not something i like um she's it appears wants to bring in American style system with um, co-pays and extra pays. Maybe we're going to have to get to that one day, but I don't believe so now. I, I think the healthcare system's been underfunded. And um, in this vote, it's going, this vote this time is going to determine if your senior benefits are there and your healthcare benefits are there. In Canada, they call about free health care, but no, it comes out of our taxes. We pay for it. We say, yes, we will pay for these taxes, and we will pay for the seniors in this in this province and in this country. Rightly so. So anybody who, who is a voter in Alberta, I urge you just look at the issues and, and vote. Vote for what's best. Um I quite like Peter Lougheed's Conservative Party back in the day and Ralph Klein before he became Ralph, uh, well, tippy Ralph or inebriated Ralph. Prior to that, he was fairly good. However, this year, this time, it's very important. I want to leave you with a story from uh, our people in Newfoundland, the Canadian province of Newfoundland. Uh, approximately 25,000 Irish and English immigrants came to the province in the late 18th and early 19th centuries, mostly due to the rich fishing grounds off the coast. As a result of its isolation and economic set setbacks, most of the descendants of people now living in Newf Newfoundland are related to the original settlers. Newfoundland has a population of just 500,000, though it is larger than the island of Ireland. A large majority of the population is on the Avalon Peninsula, which includes the capital of St. John. By and large, the English settled on the north of the Avalon Peninsula with the Irish on the south. Um, so it's, well, so the study was done by uh, University of Medicine and Health Sciences based in Dublin, RCSI, and Sequence Bio. So they did uh, genomics and genetics and precision medicine. And they studied the profiles of 1,807 individuals from Newfoundland and compared them to genetic studies in Ireland and England. Scientists showed that a 
significant proportion of the population can be traced back to settlers who migrated from southeast Ireland and southwest England around three centuries ago. In, in the case of some settlements around the south of the Avalon Peninsula, there is Irish ancestry in 80% of the population. According to a 2006 census, 20% of the population is of Irish ancestry, but the real figure is likely to be much higher, as a lot of people put down their ancestry as Canadian. So that, well, that's striking, actually. Um, I work with uh, with a lot of people from Newfoundland. They will fly home on their off shift or on their off weeks back to Newfoundland, which is a six, seven hour, well, flight and bus uh, to get home, but they always go home. So good on you. Good on you, Newfoundland. Way to make us Canadians proud. Well, or British and Irish. Either way, I'm going to bid you adieu, and I hope you have a great week, and please look uh, I, I hope you look forward to that Philip Eitner interview. It was a doozy. It was uh, really made me contemplate uh, what's happening in Ukraine. Take care. Bye. <laughs>